Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. We started in a series called Good News for Everyone last week. It's, uh, we're walking through uh, the gospel according to Mark. Now, I do want to say that because a lot of times we say the gospel of Mark, and it's not really, it's the gospel of Jesus. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, but it's the gospel according to Mark, that Mark is the one that penned this book. Uh, We know that his primary source was the apostle Peter, and we get lots of hints uh, to that as we read through this, and we'll point some of them out as we go, but it's the gospel according to Mark. It's the story of Jesus, a biography of Jesus where we hear about him, and one of the things that we talked about last week is that when it very began, Jesus' very, uh, very first part of his ministry, uh, he preached the good news of the kingdom, and he said, the two things he said were to repent and believe. That was the message, repent and believe. And as we talked about it, we referred to the idea of repenting as to turning around. So repentance is I'm going one direction, I'm gonna turn around and go another direction. And then the idea of belief is that I'm not just turning around, but I'm turning toward, that I'm choosing to be a follower of Jesus. So I'm turning around from my old life and I'm going to follow Jesus, that I'm gonna trust him. And one of the great challenges of our lives is what we believe. You know, we we come and we sing great songs and uh, we take communion and, you know, we we give money so that kids can go on mission trips or go to Guatemala to, to dig wells, and we do all of these things. But then we hit points in our lives where storms come, where challenges come, hard things come in our lives, and it's at that point in our life that we have to answer the question, do I really believe this? It's easy to believe when things are going great, but when things get really tough, we have to answer that question, do I really believe? And that's what Jesus was talking about in the first chapter of Mark. He said, repent, turn around, and follow me. Learn to follow me, believe in me, trust me, become a follower of mine. And and so we're gonna look at that this morning. He gives us a great picture of what it means to believe in him in the Gospel of Mark. We're actually gonna jump this morning to chapter four, and I was, some of you hate it when people jump from like chapter one to four, what happened to two and three. I just wanna relieve you that we're gonna get back to chapter two next week, but this week we're gonna pick up the story in chapter four, one of the most famous stories, one of the great stories in all of the New Testament, and it begins in Mark four. We're gonna read verses 35 to 41. It says this, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, referring to Jesus, let's go out, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking in the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And when they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with a great fear and said to one another, Who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? So we have this story, for many of you, a very familiar story of Jesus taking the disciples. It starts earlier in the day, and, and we'll come back to that in a minute, but they're in the boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee, which is where, where some of these men, Peter and James and Andrew and John, made their living 
fishing, they went out and Jesus takes them uh, out onto the Sea of Galilee, says, let's go across so that we can preach in other places. And while they're out there, a great storm comes. Now, I want you to look at a couple of the details of the story. Uh, First, it says that Jesus commands them, Jesus tells them, let's go across the other side. So the first thing you have to think of is, okay, wait a minute now. What's wrong with this picture? They did exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, I want you to go across the, the lake. And they got in the boat and they started across the lake and, and a catastrophe hit, a great storm hit. And that's not supposed to happen. You see, we kind of live in this, with this idea that if I do what Jesus says and, and if I feel like I'm one of his followers and I'm one of the good guys, then, then there shouldn't be any storms in my life, right? I'm doing, just doing what Christ said now. And we kind of get angry. Why would I, there be a storm? I'm just doing what the Lord said. I'm trying to follow him and now all these things are happening in my life. These bad things are, are coming up in our lives. And, and that's the one thing that we need to get out of this story is, is that storms happen. Storms happen in our lives. And it doesn't mean that God's not there. It doesn't mean that, that something went wrong. It means that as long as we live in this broken world, storms are going to happen. And that's what we have. They get in the boat. They're doing exactly what Jesus said. And still there's a storm. Still there's a crisis uh, in their life. Here's, here's the other thing that we need to take note of. It says, leaving the crowd... Uh, they took Jesus with them in the boat just as he was. And, and I like this because this is information that you're only going to get from an eyewitness, right? I mean, they, they, he didn't have a chance to grab his coat. He didn't have a chance to get his bags. He didn't have a chance to get his toothbrush. They just jumped. They were in the boat and they kept going and they pushed out and they took Jesus with them just as he was. The other thing that, that, uh, that, that's another eyewitness, part of the eyewitness account, is that there were other boats with him. So we don't just have this single boat going across the lake, but there's a flotilla. There are a number of boats that are following along, that are, that are going with Jesus, that are trying to cross the lake. So when this storm comes, it's not just the one boat that's in trouble, but all of the boats are, are in trouble. One of the things that you learn about the Sea of Galilee is that the Sea of Galilee is actually 680 feet below sea level. So it's, it's low, and then it's surrounded by hills, or you know we might call them mountains, but hills, the tallest of which is about 2,000 feet. And, uh, and, and so when you're out on the Sea of Galilee, that you have the, the mountains 2,000 feet above sea level, you have the Sea of Galilee that's 680 feet below sea level. When wind comes through, you get hot, uh, dry air, coming off the mountain, it gets down to the water with its tropic, uh, tropical air and warmer air, and when you, those two things collide, you can find yourself in the middle of a sudden storm uh, that's frightening, that the waves are coming. In fact, if you go to the Sea of Galilee today, you'll see signs posted that tell you to watch out for your cars because if a storm hits uh, that fast, if a storm catches you by surprise, it can be actually be damaging to your car. They hit that violently and that quickly, and there they are in the boat. I have a picture of a boat for you. This is a replica of a first century fishing boat. It's about 20 to 25 uh, feet long. You can see how narrow it is. If a big storm comes, you can see how quickly that you could be in trouble. There are probably 15 people in the boat that Jesus is in. Uh, There are four oars. There are two on either side. So these guys are rowing as fast as they can. Uh, They're bailing as fast as they can. They're starting to panic because 
because they're out in the middle. Uh, it's not a really a, shall, a very uh, deep lake, but the very center of it is about 200 feet deep. And Jesus takes them right out into the middle of the lake. A storm hits, and they are in trouble. And even the seasoned fishermen are afraid. And they're bailing as fast as they can. They're rowing as hard as they can. And they look around, and they see Jesus. And he's asleep. He's asleep in the, in the stern. On the, and and here's, what, here's what Mark wants us to know. He was on a cushion. He's asleep on a cushion in the boat. Again, only, only an eyewitness would want to throw in that little detail just so we know that this story really happened. He's asleep on a cushion in the stern of the boat. And the disciples see him there. And they are afraid. They've seen storms like this. They've heard what happens to people. They're bailing as fast as they can. They're rowing as hard as they can. They're screaming at each other. They see Jesus and all of a sudden they look and he's asleep and they yell at Jesus, don't you even care that we're drowning here? Don't you even care about what's going on, Jesus? They've just been with him. They've seen everything. Remember, we talked about the followers of Jesus and what it meant to be a follower. It meant that you followed as closely as you possibly could to him so that at any moment you could reach out and touch him, that you could hear everything that he had to say. Being a follower uh, isn't a Twitter account to see how many followers you can get. It's about being next to somebody. It's about being close enough to touch somebody. It's about being able to hear everything that they have to say, be part of everything that they're doing. It's to have a front row seat in what Jesus is doing in the world. They're there, and it is scary. Getting a front row seat means getting in the middle of a storm and feeling like you're gonna drown. And they look over at Jesus, and he's asleep, and they say, don't you even care? Have you ever said that to God? Have you ever been in the middle of something in your life, and, and, and the first thing you think, God, don't you even care? I'm one of the good people, I'm one of the good guys. I don't do, I don't kill people, I don't rob banks, I don't do anything really all that bad. I, I, I'm a follower of yours and, and look at what's going on in my life and it just feels like you don't even care about me. And they're complaining to Jesus and it's so fascinating because they've seen all of these things happen. They, they were there, uh, as we read in the first chapter of Mark, where a leper comes and he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, if you want to, you can make me clean and everybody panics because they thought lepers were contagious. Uh, they thought they were all gonna get the disease and, and to have leprosy in that day was a death sentence. You had to live outside of town. You were isolated from everyone. This man comes up and he falls at Jesus' feet and you remember what happened? Jesus reaches out and touches him and the disciples were afraid but it says immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Well, then we go to chapter, we go to the next chapter, uh, chapter three, and there's a man, they go into the synagogue, and there's a man with a withered hand, and Jesus says, reach your hand out, stretch your hand out toward me, and, and he healed the man's hand, and, and the disciples have a front row seat. They see all of this happening, and now they're in the boat, and they're afraid, and, and the story simply says that Jesus awoke, and he got up, and over the roar of the wind and over the, the raging sea, Jesus says, peace, be still. And immediately everything was calm. Immediately the water was like glass. Immediately the storm calmed down. The storm disappeared. And they're sitting in calm water. 
It all happened immediately. Jesus, Jesus showed them that he had the power over the wind and the waves. He had the power over nature. They call this actually, uh, scholars call this a nature miracle, that we've seen healings and we've seen casting out demons. We've seen all of these things already in the, in, in the gospel according to Mark. And now we see Jesus who does a nature miracle. He has power to calm the seas. He has power to stop the wind. That language is really interesting because it's a, uh, when you read peace typically in, in the Bible, you think of the word shalom, the Hebrew word shalom, which has this idea of wholeness. Well, here in this passage, uh, the, the word peace means to be silent. It means to muzzle. Jesus is telling the wind, put a sock in it. Muzzle it, stop. Enough already. Uh, he, takes, he looks at the sea and he says, be calm, be still. Enough of this. And it, immediate, it immediately obeys him. Jesus calmed the storm and the disciples are there and they have a front row seat. But you know what's really interesting in this passage is that in verse 40 it says, and he said to them, why, why were you afraid? Have you still no faith? Haven't you been watching? Haven't you been paying attention? Haven't you been listening to what I've been saying? I mean, you, you've been part of all of this now. And you still don't get it? That I'm the Christ. I'm the Son of God. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the one that you've said prayers for. I'm the one that you've talked about, your family, your parents have talked about, and your grandparents have talked about, and their parents have talked about for, for years and years and years. You've been waiting, and I'm here, and you still haven't paid attention. One of the great messages, one of the great lessons uh, in, in the chapter four of the gospel according to Mark is that God calls us to listen. He says, are you listening? Can you hear me now? Are you paying attention? Because I'm doing something. I'm telling you something. You're part of something bigger than you could ever imagine. And he wants them to listen to him. He calls them because you know what he knows? He knows that in a couple of years, another storm is coming. And this storm isn't going to be with wind and waves, but this storm is going to be with betrayal and mocking. And it's going to be with, with beating. And it's going to end up on a cross. And when they come to that storm, are they going to be ready? Are they going to have faith in, in who Jesus is? Are they going to understand what's going on around them? Because this storm seems really big right now, but there's a bigger storm that's coming. And Jesus is getting them ready for it. He wants them to understand what's happening. And he says, I want you to listen. I want you to pay attention. I want you to know what's coming. And he said, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? Have you not seen enough yet? And then in verse 41 it says, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Oh my goodness. We, we called him the Messiah. We said he was a Messiah and we, we, we'd been following him, but he really is the Messiah. He really did that. He really stopped the wind and, and the waves. I mean, we were going to be okay if he was just a prophet and, and he could come and help us to wipe out the Romans and establish a new government and, and put us in charge of it. We were going to be okay with all of that, but wait a minute. He really is the Messiah. He really is who he says he is. 
He really did that, and all of a sudden, they were afraid. I, I love this picture because it feels so much like me, but they're afraid when they're in the boat and they think they're going to drown. They, they, the boat gets calm, the sea and the wind stop. Now they're in the boat, and they realize who they're in the boat with, and that frightens them. They go from one kind of fear to another kind of fear because all of a sudden, it's really the Christ. And compared to him, he's, I'm in the boat with Jesus. I'm in the boat with the Messiah. Now what do I do? Now what am I supposed to say? He's the real deal. It changes everything, and they're afraid. Now, I have had this experience in my life. 43 years ago, I'm getting married. I get to the night before I get married. Up until that point, I'd been working really hard. My, my goal was catch Jen at a weak moment and close the deal. You know? That's, that's kind of how we're heading in this thing. I get to the night before I, I get married, and all of a sudden, I, it hits me. Oh, she's way ahead of me. And she's expecting a grown-up. She's expecting somebody who can actually do things around the house. She has no idea what she's getting into and, and, I, and I go from one kind of fear, is she going to say yes to another kind of fear? Oh, no. She's the real deal. I'm not. I'm way over my skis on this one. I'm way out ahead. I'm not ready for this. I'm not up to this. I'm going to, what am I going to do? And I have fear. And that's the experience the disciples had that day. They, they all of a sudden, it hit them. <laughs> this is really the Christ. This is really, the, and, and I, I don't, I'm not ready. For, I don't belong here. I'm afraid. He's so great. He's so much bigger. He's so much more powerful than any one that I've ever experienced. Now, what am I going to do? And that's the experience the disciples had. Jesus says, why are you afraid? And he says, look, turn and follow me. Trust me. See how big I am. See how great I am. See how much I can do in your life. So where do we start with this? Where do we start getting prepared for these kind of storms and, and these things that are going to happen in our lives because it's a real part of our lives. And, and the very first thing that we talked about earlier was learning to listen. It's a learned skill. We're not born good listeners, are we? Anybody that's married gets that, right? We have to learn to be a listener. So Jesus, that day, he starts out in, in Mark 4, and uh, uh, it says on the, on, uh, he said again, he went to, uh, began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered uh, about him so that he put, uh, he got into a boat and sat on, on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. So picture this scene uh, on, on that day that Jesus goes uh, by the sea, and, and he's going to teach, but the crowd is so thick the crowd is so big, they're pressing all around him that he can't speak, he, can't, he doesn't have room to, to look out and to talk to people, so he gets into a boat, they push the boat a little bit out. One of the, one of the marvels of doing this was that uh, he pushed him out far enough that when you speak, your voice bounces off the water and it amplifies it and you can talk to more people, so he's out in the water and he's teaching uh, these people and it's from that point that he says, okay, now let's go, but what he, they want, what Mark wants us to see this morning, too, is that what he's teaching them really does matter. What he's teaching them is part of what prepares them for the storm. And so here's what, what Jesus 
tells them, he's teaching them many things in parables, uh, and he says, listen. I rest my case. Listen. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it, and other seed came and fell on rocky ground and, and uh, where it didn't have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, and since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell on thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain, and other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding uh, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention to what I'm saying because I'm trying to tell you something really important. He's saying, I'm trying to tell you that what really matters, are you listening? And, and, and is it sinking in? Is it sinking into your heart? Is it sinking into your mind? Is it getting into your life? Are you, are you paying attention to what I'm telling you? Because it really does matter because someday it's gonna grow in you. It's like a seed that's planted in your life and you need to give it room and you need to nurture it. And you need to help it to grow. You need to be aware uh, that it's there. It seems really small right now. It seems like a baby step right now, but it's gonna grow in your life. It's gonna change everything about you as it grows and it's going to yield a harvest in in your life. It's going to change the outcome of your life. It's going to change the trajectory of your life. Everything is hinging on this. Pay attention. Please listen because seeds are being sown right now in your life. And I believe this is happening to us all the time. And sometimes we're so focused on storms and we're so worried about the big things that happen in our lives that we miss the little things, the little opportunities to speak the truth, the little opportunities to care for somebody, the little opportunities not to say something when we shouldn't, the little opportunities to to love somebody who's not as lovable as we'd like. And all of those little opportunities that we have, those little baby steps that we have in our lives make such a huge difference when the storm comes, make such a huge difference when, when the seed is allowed to grow in our lives and get us ready for the big things that are gonna happen because they will happen. And what's growing? So, so Jesus goes on to talk about this and he uses this illustration of a mustard seed. He says a mustard seed is the smallest seed you can imagine. And, and yet, but when you put it in the ground, it grows into this tree that's big enough to provide shade for the birds and they come and build their nests and they can live in the shade uh, of this tree that grows from this teeny tiny seed. And he's saying, this is what's happening in your life. I'm gonna sow these seeds in your heart. I'm gonna sow these seeds in your life. And as they grow, I'm gonna do things that you never dreamed. I'm gonna give you a capacity that you never knew that you had. I'm up to something that's bigger than you can imagine. Do you trust me? Do you believe me? And are you willing to apply those little parts to my life? Are you willing to apply those little things in your life? Are you allow those seeds to grow in your life so that you can yield a harvest that's bigger than you ever imagined? Are we willing to do that? Are, are we listening? Are we listening to Jesus? Here's the other part of it. A few years ago, I got um, three free sessions with a trainer. You ever had a trainer? Go to the gym, get a trainer. I had three free sessions with a trainer. Really interesting, aside from how sore I was, uh, I, I learned three basic things from the time with a trainer. Uh, the first thing is that I needed to show up. I was accountable. 
I had an appointment with a trainer. I hate missing appointments. I hate being late for appointments. And so I knew that if I had an appointment at four o'clock in the afternoon, I was gonna be there and ready about 10 till four. That's what you do when you have an appointment, right? You get there a little ahead of time. You get there uh, ready for it. It's not five after four. It's five before four. You want to be ready to go. And so I knew I had an appointment, so I made sure I was there on time. The, the other thing that, that happened to me is uh, that I actually worked harder than I expected. I thought that I worked hard. I thought that I kind of pushed myself, and, and I'm in the middle of this first training session, and I think I'm going to pass out. And I'm thinking, wow, what, do you, what have you been doing all this time, Larry? You weren't ready for this, man. All of a sudden, I'm starting to breathe hard, you know. I'm starting to sweat a little bit, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't supposed to happen to me. And, and I realize I'm working harder than I expect to work because I had somebody there to push me. I had somebody there to encourage me and to, to drive me. And the third thing that happened is I realized I didn't do all these exercises the right way, that suddenly there's somebody watching me, and, and he's saying to me, you know, Mr. Anderson, you need to, you, you need to you straighten up. You, you're hunching over, and you're, you're not doing this exercise the right way. And, and by the way, Mr. Anderson, please start breathing because I had this bad habit of, of holding my breath through an exercise. And we don't, we don't want to pick you up after this. Would you start breathing, please? And, and so all of a sudden, I, I had these three moments where I realized I had to be on time, that I needed to show up, and, and that I was going to be accountable for, to somebody for that, uh, that, that I was going to work harder than I expected, and I was going to do it better and, and more disciplined than I ever thought I was going to do, and it was because I had somebody with me. And here's my point. There were all the disciples in the boat that day. They were there with Jesus. There were other people around. Nobody gets into the boat by themselves. Nobody does this on their own, that we need each other. Uh, we need people in our lives, because when I know somebody's expecting me, I'm going to show up, right? When I know I've got an appointment with somebody, I've got a meeting with somebody that I've committed to somebody, I'm, I'm going to show up. I'm not going to stand them up. I'm not going to be late. I'm going to be there because we have a commitment to each other. Uh, I'm, I want to have some people in my life that are going to say, uh, Larry, I think you feel like you're working hard, but uh, you're not pushing on this. You're not going for this the way you need to. Come on. Straighten up a little bit. Breathe deeper. deeper. Take this more seriously. Let's go. And, 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 then, and then I need somebody in my life saying, Larry, I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't see it in your life. Um, I, I know what you believe, but I'm not seeing it being lived out. I'm, I'm seeing some areas in your life that are inconsistent with what you say, and I, and I love you enough to call you on it. I love you enough to remind you of that. And we need those people in our lives. We can't do this by ourselves. And, and so if this means that you jump into a community group, if this, you know, then if, and if you're not in one, talk to Kirsten about it. Uh, if, if you're a, a guy and you need to be in a, a form of four or a Thursday morning Bible study, we have those for you. We can provide those. I just want you to understand that we are made, we are created to do this in community. We're created to do this together. We need people in our lives that remind us to show up, that we're accountable. To. I always tell people when they first start coming to North that I want them to come enough and I want them to be connected enough that if they're not here for two weeks, somebody notices. Somebody, somebody misses you. And that somebody's going to reach out to you because you weren't there. And, and, and you're friends. And, and so we, we want to operate that way because we need each other. Uh, we need other people in the boat with us when we're going through a storm, don't we? It's always way better for me if there's somebody else bailing with me, right? If there's somebody else rowing beside me. It's always better. 
it's always a great reminder that I'm not in this boat alone. And the fact is, and here's the, here's the bottom level truth that when you're in the worst storm that you can imagine, you need to be reminded by somebody that Jesus is in that boat with you. He never leaves you. And he is the Lord of the storm. He is the only one who can stop those waves. He, he's the only one that can silence the wind. He's the only one that has control, that has power over anything that's going on in our lives. And we need to understand, and I just, sometimes I need people in my life to remind me, Larry, I know this is horrible, I know this is hard, but Jesus is in this boat with us. We're not doing this by ourselves. It's not up to us to get across the lake. It's not up to us to row this thing out of here, but we have Jesus in the boat. And I think we all need to be reminded of what that's like and, and who Christ is in our lives. This is, this is how we live. We need each other because <laughs> you're, you're not gonna wake up one morning and go, whew, I'm a Bible scholar. Wow. No more than you're gonna wake up one morning and stand on the scale and go, whew, what happened to that 15 pounds? That's awesome. It just disappeared overnight. Uh, or any more than you're going to wake up one morning and speak fluent French and, you know, uh, be a PhD in mathematics or something, right? But those seeds get sown and they grow in our lives. And we have to put forth that effort. We have to allow those seeds to grow. We have to do our part to allow those things to grow up in our lives while we trust Jesus in the middle, while we are reminded that he's in the boat with us. We allow those things to grow. So, a couple of questions this morning, all right? A couple of things for us to take with us. First, what do you believe? Do you really believe in Jesus? I don't know, maybe you're in the middle of a big storm right now, and, and I, I want you to know that Jesus is in the boat with you. But we come to those points of crisis in our lives, and we have to answer that question, do I believe? Do I believe in Jesus? Do I believe he's who he said he was? Do I believe all of this stuff is true because right now it's crunch time. Right now it's scary. Right now I don't know what to do and I don't know where it's going, but I need to believe in him. I need to trust him with my life. And here's a second part of that. Who is in the boat with you? Do you have people in your life that you're rowing with? Do you have people in your life that you're bailing with, that you're, that you're encouraged with, that you're walking with? that you're in this together? Do you have those people in your life? Because we need those. It's not that Jesus isn't big enough, it's that Jesus made us this way. He wants us to live in community. He wants us to serve each other. He wants us to care for each other. That's part of where we hear him. That's part of where we experience him when we do it together. We hear from Jesus so often from each other. We certainly do from the word, but we hear from each other as well. So those two things, those two questions this morning, do you believe, do you really believe? And who's in the boat with you? A answer those questions in your heart. Spend a little time thinking about that. And, and if, if, you're, if you're not sure the answer to either one of those, find some people to walk with. Find some people who are following Jesus and just say, like, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna, can I just stay a step behind you guys for a little bit? because I, I need to figure out what it looks like, what it feels like to be a follower of Jesus. And, and I need some people around that I can do that with. Would you do that?
Would you try that? Would you give yourself to that? What it means to be a follower of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for this incredible story that reminds us of your power, uh, reminds us of your love for us. Uh, It reminds us of how great you are. It reminds us of how desperately we need you and how much we need other people in our lives. So Lord, speak to us this morning. Make us listeners, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord, as we listen to know what we believe and to evaluate who's in the boat with us. And Lord, where, where we're missing people in our lives, I pray that you give us the courage to take a step, to do something about that today before we leave this building. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all of these things. It's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Uh, as always, um, one of our traditions here is that we'll have one or two people or more um, in the corner of the worship center, and if you would like prayer, they're there to pray with you and for you, so it's a great gift to uh, take advantage of, so I would encourage you to stop if you'd like prayer. And then also, uh, we have a prayer table in the back with cards, and you can write your prayer requests and uh, write them down, leave them uh, on the plate there, and we'll be praying with you and for you throughout the week. And, and I, I've been saying this more, if you're, if you're a visitor this morning, this isn't just for North folks. If you have something that you'd like us to pray with you or for you, uh, please write that down, and we're honored uh, to pray with you uh, for those things. So take, take advantage of getting some really good people to pray for you, we, and we love doing it. We've had a few folks lately, it's been really fun, who've done a little praise thing, you know, hey, here's how the Lord's answered that prayer. Thank you guys for praying. We love to get those too, so, so stop by the prayer table, and, and uh, you got great options there, and you've people that love uh, to pray, so take advantage of those things. Here, here's my prayer, is that we, we, we will, uh, that we will grow, that that seed of faith in our lives will grow, that we will know who we believe that we will know who Jesus is, the Christ, the Son of the living God, and our faith and our belief will be in him. And the second thing is that we will be surrounded with people that we're walking with, surrounded with people that we're in the boat with, uh, that we will make a conscious effort to, if we don't have those people, to find them, to ask about them, uh, to let us help you uh, find those folks uh, in your life because we, we just know how critical and how essential it is. So those two things, know who you believe, know what you believe in, and have some people in your life that you walk with, that you, you journey toward Christ with, all right? And I'll pray with that. You pray for that. Um, I'm so glad you were here today. I love you. God bless you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.